Thanks for joining us. I'm Johnny Liu uh, for the first 100K, and today I'm very grateful to have uh, John Kevorkian with me here. And so John's got a great career. He's been an executive at many different companies, worked with a ton of startups. Um, he's currently involved in a startup of his own, and he's looking to also uh, advise and consult uh, companies on how they can grow. And so today we're going to really get to know each other. So this will be a fresh interview going in. So you guys know as much as I do. So I think it's going to be a, a really exciting conversation. So John, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And uh, so thanks for coming in. So walk me through your career because um, you've been through uh, a lot of different companies and a lot of decades of experience. I'm just trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up, I have to admit. Um, started out, and there's a lot of twists and turns. I don't think that makes me different, but uh, uh, I started out with a degree in psychology here from University of Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. Went on to get a master's in organizational psych, and my first jobs were uh, planning the Rhode Island mental health system. I know that sounds grandiose and unusual, but the fact is back uh, in the late 70s, there was a transition for uh, mental health care from hospital-based care, institutional-based care to community-based care. And what preceded that were federal funds that were available for the planning of all of that uh, relative to patient or client needs, staff capabilities, training requirements, community resources, and so forth. A formal research project, a community community research, formal community research. Um, very different from business research. Mm. Uh, also, organizational psychology has a lot of different nuances as well. Uh, what I got involved with initially, uh, once again, was formal research. It uh, had to do with uh, human factors related work, workflow design and human factors related work at the uh, Navy base in Groton, New London. And uh, things that happen in submarines relative to human factors are pretty important because they don't bring the submarine up <laughs> if there's something wrong and there's a lot of uh, cost and timing and right. that goes into building a submarine. Uh, so with that background founded in formal research, I figured that was pretty much the track I was going to take the rest of my life. And then I got a call. Small uh, company, a friend of mine had started, uh, gave me a call and said, why don't you move to Washington, D.C. and uh, run our Washington, D.C. office, which was about a third of the company, and the company was not, not two million mm -hmm. <laughs> at that time. Um, and they sold and produced a product that kept track of office equipment. And the office equipment at that time, such as uh, things that we don't see very often today, fax machines, telephones around, computers and printers, all of the different things in an office. Uh, the, primary, the primary customer was well, the largest law firms in America, the document shops that build the use of these things back to their clients for um, what they call disbursements, cost of doing business issues. Mm -hmm. uh, they might charge it quarter every time they made a copy or sent the fax page might be a dollar or something like this. Uh, this is nothing we had anything to do with policy at all in these areas. That was their policy. It was acceptable to their corporate clients. How much uh, was um, on the final bill versus captured initially was a matter of an internal policy and discussion at, at a management committee level. Nothing to do with us. Uh, but process improvement was you know, something I knew a little bit about, and uh, also formal research. And uh, this was done very badly. And they would 
it would be written down and then organized and added up manually. And this was in the uh, mid-80s where we first saw the uh, advent of computerization really hit the office environment, uh, although obviously it had been in the background for many years. But uh, the idea of having a, an ability to automatically track activity, have it automatically sent to a central spot, automatically placed on a, what uh, was really a pre-bill or fun functionally on the computer, on, on the, uh, the client bill, uh, all with a level of consistency and accuracy that was 100%. So it was really about process. It's process improvement. Uh, and uh, worked real well. The company uh, was very successful. A few years after I started, we had an IPO. Uh, I was one of the first four or five people that was selling the product nationwide. Uh, also was single at the time, and uh, that was the requirement to be the guy that moved to the new territory. Got it. <laughs> okay. A lot of traveling, a yeah. lot of... So I was uh, charged with opening up the Midwest of the United States for the company. Did some international travel as well as a lot of regional and national travel. Uh, also was charged with taking the company to another level and applying this into the commercial realm where the, uh, the benefit to the client, rather than uh, charging somebody for use of equipment, was uh, perhaps resource allocation or monitoring activity for the purpose of realigning different machines. Uh, the difference then became the customer, rather than uh, a law firm or a accounting firm or some firm that had those kinds of internal policies, uh, became the largest companies in America uh, that had resource allocation mm -hmm. issues. Uh, where should they move machines? How should they be placed at the new facility? All this, again, had a lot to do with uh, simple process improvement relative in that world to job, job tracking, if not, uh, well, job tracking in both cases. Um, so you really help companies focus on processes and how do you grow with those processes? We didn't talk about it in such a sophisticated way, we, but the fact was that's exactly what we were doing. That was the base capability that we provided that wasn't, didn't exist here before. Mm. There were a couple of uh, competitors, it was, uh, and they fell by the wayside. We purchased them after uh, achieving an IPO in 92. Uh, a few years after the IPO, I decided that uh, this wasn't as much fun as it used to be. <laughs> what, what changed in terms of the company? Everything changed, uh, and it all was positive. It was always positive. All the right things changed. We instituted internal processes and procedures that didn't exist before. Um, we did all the things that you might expect, but the company was a traditional startup on a bootstrap level in every way you can imagine. I, could, I know for a fact that uh, payrolls are met with on people's credit cards, wow. credit card loans, um, friendly and fam family and friends loans got the company through tough times. Uh, so it had all the attributes that you read about of a uh, bootstrap startup. Um, we could spend any kind of any amount of money we wanted if it was part of our recurring revenue. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, if it wasn't part of recurring revenue, then you couldn't spend it. Very simple. Uh, so, so it was the, a recurring revenue that because I know we we have a lot of startups that just sell something one time, mm -hmm. and one of the things we always focus on is how do we get recurring revenue. So for you, it was these long-term relationships with these big law firms? Well, it was, it was specifically that uh, a client could purchase this outright and then pay a maintenance agreement. Mm -hmm. This is a computer, computer product. Terminals all over the office, central, functionally a PC, interacting with, a, um, at that time, a mainframe or, or a mini computer. Um, those all went away, as you, as you well know, over mm -hmm. time. Um, but the, the idea of uh, of this uh, recurring revenue either came by virtue of a mate ongoing maintenance agreement after a sale 
or it came from uh, the option the client had always had, which was to rent the equipment. So you want to build up your monthly income base, either through uh, acquiring um, maintenance agreements or acquiring rental agreements. This also has to do with order pace. Mm-hmm. And I think when you talk about startups and entrepreneurism and uh, all of the other kinds of things that go into this, sometimes the thing that gets lost is the customer. And uh, the idea of a customer is central to an idea, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, and the idea of uh, a business is to get more customers or to satisfy them in new ways. And these are the kind of things that I think uh, are transcending one company versus another. And I think they... Um, fall into a lot of the conversations about startups and businesses a little too late, quite frankly. Um, We were very focused on the customer, and uh, frankly, uh, to the degree where it was the salesperson or the local branch's responsibility to make decisions about how to treat their customers. Um, I can remember a conversation where a fellow (laughs) said, this is our biggest customer. You mean you're not going to pay for me to buy him lunch? And uh, the other side of the table (laughs) came back with a comment that said, uh, you think it's a good investment or you should buy a lunch? (laughs) You know, because they derive income, referrals, so forth and so on, the ability to further their book of business, the ability to further the company's book of business, the ability to create an impression and do all the right things. Uh, And if that was a good investment, why why would that come out of the company's pocket? Why not out of the individual's pocket? Um, because that's how they were judged, the success in that realm. That's a very entrepreneurial way so as, to look at As a representative, you would have to manage your own money yeah. to market. If you thought it was a good idea. Okay. And did yeah. a lot of people do that, or how yeah. was that received? Yeah, it's just fine, because that, that's just the way it was. That was the, co- that was the corporate culture. Mm. Um, people were, were encouraged, just by example, to think like owners. That's how owners think. Should I invest some more? Why? To get a little more back. You know, how is it going to pay? Having individual employees think like owners and have the ability to take action within the realm of their responsibility mm-hmm. uh, is not easy to create and still maintain a corporate management structure that goes forward and grows. Uh, just to fast forward to the end, uh, that company was sold to Nuance uh, a few years back, about four or five years ago. Oh, neat. Um, for a lot of money, six figures and with the word million at the end, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, I didn't benefit from that. I've been going a long time, but uh, that has nothing to do with the arc of the company and how they manage. I, I know the people and, you know, they remain, we remain friends. Now, did that company give equity to yeah. investors and their, also their employees as well? Yeah, well, they, they had a lot of different ways to go about that. Uh, early people got equity. Uh, for all the reasons early people do get equity. They didn't have any money Mm -hmm. at the time. Um, They also had uh, investors that uh, were just friends, family. Uh, They never got any venture money. Um, They may have after I left, and they took, the the company went public, they took it back private, they sold it as a private company. This this was all outside of my view. Got it. Uh, So I, I can't really speak to what happened there. Uh, but the idea of, uh, I think the core thing uh, that I learned in that early position was uh, things go well if people think like owners. Mm. Um, and now fast forward to today, you've got an organization that helps entrepreneurs. In, a, right? in essence, yes. And so walk me through you know, Sprout and what that does and, and how do you get that culture of 
getting everybody to think like an owner in the organization? Well, uh, it's very easy to give someone responsibility. All you have to do is read a job description for that. It's a little harder to give them authority and let them make some mistakes, let them come up with the ideas, let them do the real work of setting direction. Mm. Setting direction is uh, something that's often talked about, but it's, it's really often the purview of the higher-ups in a company, whatever they may be. And uh, the way to make people think like owners is to let them be owners in, in a, in a day-to-day realm and make those decisions and come up with some ideas. And if you don't think they're good ideas uh, as an owner, uh, it's important to understand them. And I, with the people that uh, I work with today, I often have a thought that goes through my mind, what's the worst that can happen? I'm not the only owner. I'm lucky to have a, a, a partner that uh, has half the company that, uh, that we're discussing. Mm and uh, extremely talented, uh, brought in a lot of good people as well. And uh, I think the key thing in all of this is also partners. When we talk about... Uh, and that's something you grew from scratch together. Yeah, well, all, all the businesses I've been involved with, I've been involved with that technology business, another technology business later on, in between hospitality business as a, as a bar and a restaurant in Chicago. Uh, the restaurant went away, the bar is on its third owner, and, 24 years old, uh, but this, it was the partners that were the key to the whole thing. Um, I wasn't always the person carrying a lot of the weight. Sometimes I was, sometimes I wasn't. Um, but if you look at partners in, in an operational realm or in a financing realm mm -hmm. or in a in simply an intellectual realm, you know, um, how, do that, how does that fit? This is where my organizational psych stuff kind of, I never lost it. It's, how does that fit and how does that advance things and how does that relate to process improvement? How does that relate to growth? How does that relate to serving the customer and understanding customer needs? Now, these are all good questions. Um, how they're answered and how the answers are implemented and in in, in woven into a business plan or a business, um, business experience, if you will, mm. uh, makes the difference in a company. And I'm not sure what culture means anymore. I don't mean to be glib. Uh, but uh, it, it's a, it's a multifaceted thing. Um, it's a very personal thing, and uh, yet it's something people can feel. Uh, yeah, you know. so how, how do you build the culture in the beginning? Uh, you know, I never thought about building a culture. I've been about four or five different kinds of companies, and uh, what I always did was, uh, golden rule is a pretty good way to start. Um, treating people the way you'd like to be treated, uh, having people pulling in the same direction. Um, people talk about teams a lot, the word team comes up. Um, people on teams have roles, but uh, you know sometimes those roles change. Uh, but if you're on the same team, you have common interests. I like to term pulling in the same direction mm. a lot. Doesn't mean you're always pulling as hard as the next person, <laughs> or you're not necessarily the same place <laughs> where you're pulling, but, but there's a common uh, interest in moving forward. Um, and, you know, you can lead from the front, or you can lead from the back, or you can lead from sitting on the sidelines. Mm. Uh, as we see that in, in, you know, the sports, I can, we can make sports analogies in that regard uh, that cover that area, or we can just think about them as uh, we might day to day. Um, it's not that complex. It's just hard to do. Mm. A friend of mine told me, you know, uh, I don't have children, and uh, this fellow does, we were talking about his kids. 
And I said, oh, so you don't uh, have any TV? You don't have cable TV? They watch videos and all, they don't have cable TV. I said, how, how is that? Is that hard? He goes, oh, it's easy to tell your kids not to watch TV. It's hard not to watch it yourself, <laughs> you know? So it's often difficult to take direction that you offer to others. Mm. Uh, and I think that's the first step. Um, so you got, you got to walk the walk as well? You got to walk the walk. And uh, in my opinion, uh, your business is for your, 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 your customers. So if it's good for you and it's not good for the customer, something's wrong here. Right. The, the, the constant cost. Probably won't stay in business very long. No, you might, but you could be. I, I think you, you won't grow as fast. Mm. Uh, you'll miss opportunity. Um, so the, the continuous focus on the customer, uh, the ability to uh, put your ego in your back pocket and let the company lead you, not, not your own wants. The reason to do something is not because you can. That's not a good business reason, mm. but it often <laughs> is what happens. Uh, these things, I think, uh, tend to make people feel they can participate too. And, now you've, and that's you've, how you create ownership on the mind of employees. Let them really participate mm. too. And now you've been involved in several startups, and then um, you've also been able to exit. So when is it the right time to leave? Like when did when did you make your decision? in terms of, okay, I think my work here is done and it's on to the next thing. Yeah, it's, it's not a simple question and I think the answer will be different in, a lot, in every case. But um, I want it to be general in my response. It, it'd be when, I don't want to say when you're not having fun anymore, but when the opportunity isn't that exciting anymore. Mm. Um, another way to look at it was uh, the, the only time I was ever successful was when I, when I was, wasn't in the company. So if you want to be a success, sell the company. You can't mess it up anymore. I mean, every, every time uh, I sold, I said, wow, that was great. Mm. That was a good idea. I'm really smart, you know. The day before, I was wondering where the deal would fall through, and I'd look really foolish. <laughs> you know? Maybe a week yeah. before that, a month before that, I'm thinking, oh, my God, the thing, how am I going to keep all this together? You know, so if you want to be smart in other people's eyes, sell your company, then they'll think you're smart. It may not be realizing the full opportunity. It may be wrong for other reasons. Mm -hmm. um, but it was always an internal thing for me, uh, which is not necessarily the advice I would give others. There's financial timing. There's other factors. So somebody that's starting out today, yeah. coming out of college, how would you advise them if they come to you and say, John, like, I want to start my own company, I want to do something from the ground up, or I want to join a very early stage company? What advice would you, you give know, them? The first thing I'd ask them would be why. Um, it's not an easy road. And, uh, you know, the, the impression we all get is that the end of the story is you sell your company, make a lot of money, and everything's just beautiful. Um, but... That's, that could happen. Um, and I, I always ask people why, uh, especially a younger person, perhaps an early person out of, out of school. I think that's the kind of uh, person you're talking about. And I'd say, well, why don't you go work for a big company for a while? Why don't you get a W-2 for a while? Because you know what? The way you're thinking like this now, you're not going to want to do it <laughs> down the road. This might be a good opportunity to do it. It also pr provides you a breadth of experience that you won't get in a startup. You um, can always start your own company. It's as, it's, it's, it's as far away as the next So you don't have a really clear why, then it's better off for you to work for a company first, get the experience, and then figure out what you want to do. It's an easier step. Mm. 
you know, if, and the answer to the question why would really govern what they should do, um, you know. But uh, I don't look at it as the ultimate step. I look at it, in my case, it was a matter of opportunity, mm. you know, personal opportunity. I got a call from a friend. I mean, made me, threw an offer at me that seemed foolish at the time. You know, I had a little thing going on. I had an de academic degree, I had a position, I was doing something I'd done for a little, little bit of time. Um, so something just tweaked my interest at the right time in my life. I didn't have certain responsibilities that govern people's uh, behavior appropriately. Uh, I was single and in a family. Uh, I, my, my lifestyle was, was somewhat fluid. Mm. Uh, I mean, these uh, are real considerations to whether or not it's appropriate to take a risk or a step in, to the left or to the right. Uh, and, and so in my case, it was simply that. I think in a lot of cases, sometimes that's pretty much the situation. You know, the timing is right. In my uh, my uh, previous to uh, Sprout, I was involved with uh, consulting relative to sales and marketing segmentation. Again, an efficiency and process step focus where uh, where you should be, quite frankly. And the understanding of, of all of that uh, came basically down to understanding organizational and personal timing. You know, if you want to strip away a lot of different ways to look at it, mm. timing's important. Um, and how to quantify timing from an organizational buying perspective uh, can be quite complex, but also it can be uh, quite complex when trying to quantify appropriate timing in one's personal life, because uh, everybody's life isn't simple, you know. It's the process of timing, when to do something to maximize returns, to minimize expense, and so forth. Why, when, how. Mm. After you get to the what, you still have why, when, how. And people come to me with what's usually. What do you want to do? Oh, here's what I want to do. Why? When? What do you mean when? Right now. Really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, or why not in three months? Or why not in six months or six years or something? How are you going to do this? That's when the rubber meets the road, you know. Uh, uh, often, how you're going to do this uh, uh, is part of the conversation. Part of the conversation that follows that is the funding conversation and so forth and so on. Uh, but uh, the side of it that's not uh, often discussed is the sacri sacrifices that, are, that come with that. I don't just mean in the context of selling a portion of your idea. Um, the day-to-day -day aspects of that, the lack of a safety net, perhaps. Uh, why should I do this now? Why should I put, go through the startup issues and concerns I have late at night? Mm. Um, do I want to wake up in the middle of the night and think about this or not? You know, well, no, it's okay. A lot of things that happen because it's just the right time. I'm not sure my, my, uh, my background would be the same if you know, my, my personal life was different. And just on a personal level, such as uh, family and children. For example, that governs a lot of people's day-to-day -day decisions. And that's the timing, right? Understandably so. so. That's the one that's easy to understand. Mm -hmm. You know, if you say, well, if I had any kids, or if I had four kids, or three kids, or one, they take that idea and then apply it to a lot of the other ways you, you go about your your day-to-day -day life. Um, people that often say those things don't use that excuse for every foolish thing they do. <laughs> you know, but yeah. you know, when it comes to uh, something like. Uh, starting a business uh, or leaving a position. I think your side hustle idea makes a lot of sense. 
because it cultivates uh, interest and opportunity at the same time doesn't uh, take yeah, I think regardless of the mitigates timing, risk, you know, we we'll get some some degree. You can eat. You know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And there's a lot of ways to do that. Um, um, the common way when these people have a you know a consulting practice or a small business or something like that. Um, but there are other ways too. You know, they mm -hmm. may they may be uh, working with people that uh, it's not a money issue. They just want to get engaged in a different realm. You know, they want to start in a new career direction or they're interested in something that perhaps they're not that much involved with right mm -hmm. now. You mentioned um, someone involved uh, in the side business and Reiki work and other kind of body work. You can take that in a lot of different directions. Right, exactly. You know? <laughs> I mean, that doesn't have to be, uh, you know, massaging people eight hours a day. Um, mm -hmm. It can serves your soul a lot of different ways. It could be a conversational, educational angle. It could be a more personal, more therapeutic angle. Um, so what is that person looking for? You know, how, and which fits in when? You know, so I have that framework. Yeah, but there's obviously an area of interest there that shouldn't be ignored. You know, and I think that's the real thing you want to cultivate. And bringing it back to employee involvement in a business and having them think like owners, uh, isn't that similar? That, that, isn't that spark, that, that drive that makes people have the next idea in that realm of mm. area that they're very f interested in and in, in happy about? Uh, isn't that what you want to put into the businesses? Uh, so you, so you start with the three, the, the why, the when, and the how, and then that answers the what. Well, I, yeah, usually the what comes up first. You yeah. know, the what's the easy so you, one. You start with yeah. the what? or The what usually is always there. You know, what do you want to do? <laughs> I want to do this. I mean, the what's the easy one. Mm -hmm. um, the why takes us into some dark areas, perhaps, <laughs> you know, or interesting areas uh, or timing areas, you know. Um, and the when and the how make it, make it a little more real because then we have to make choices. We have to behave differently. Got it. You know, we, we can talk about why and what and don't have to change a thing. Yeah, so that's actually a great framework to, <laughs> yeah. to end on. So, John, yeah. thank you so much for My pleasure. coming on. And I All hope you best. found that valuable, and we'll see you next time.